0: All right, welcome to another episode of Last Ones at the Bar. This week we're going to discuss the Tyson Fury, Francis Nagano, um, the barn Burner will fight uh Oshaki Foster against Eduardo, Eduardo Hernandez. Effie and Jabba was in action this past week. And so those are some of the topics we're gonna to touch on on Last Ones at the Bar. So, man um we took a, a a little hiatus last week you know so now we back you know to talk this boxing um i got my setup a little bit different because i have to charge my computer at once my computer charges up a little bit more and then i'll slide the computer you know face forward uh, so i can you know have a, a better angle but anyway man you know since we took the the,
1: the hiatus off um how, how have you been yeah i've been good man you know um uh... I did, uh, participate in, uh, what was it, the hot cider run? It was a 5k. That was yesterday at the national Harbor. Uh, you know, met a, a lot of great people out there, you know, people who want to stay fit or starting to on that journey. And, and, and also just learning more about my own body, you know, my age started, started the show. Um, it's interesting because leading up to it, you know, uh, I would do like some trial like 5k runs and I was good. I wouldn't be sore, none of that. I mean, today I'm, I'm feeling it from yesterday, yesterday morning like my 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 calves, my my uh thighs, all that is just sore, you know. Um, but also, I I tried to make a good time too, and I think I, I did uh I think I did it under 35 minutes, and my my time per mile is probably around like. Maybe ten forty, so it's not as good as I wanted it to be, but you know, good enough for someone who hadn't been running consistently this year. So, uh, I'm, I'll just be happy to get back to you know lifting more weights and doing elliptical and and chilling out and running because it just takes a toll on me. What's so, up? But how are you doing, man?
0: Man, everything's great. But man, let's get back to this run. I I, I could have sworn when we discussed this previously, you were talking about that you didn't care about your time. Like how did that come into play?
1: It's sometimes, man, that competitive nature, just comes out. Not that I'm competing with anybody particularly, but, but of course it's chip time. And, you know, once you start, keep on running you're like, okay, you start seeing your numbers. I'm like, can I beat my numbers, my own numbers? Can I do this? Um, Especially then, when I compare it uh, f- compare it against what I used to do, I know I should do. I was in the nines at one point, so so I don't think I'm gonna ever get back there unless I just consistently run, which I'm not gonna do. But I just want to not embarrass myself pretty much, like uh someone did that we're gonna talk about.
0: Yeah, you know, um, man, you you gotta be careful, you know, <laughs> as we get older, especially you know if if you took some time off and you hadn't done it in a long time you have to like incrementally get your body up to speed you know Mm -hmm. you can't really do a cold turkey that's what happened to me when I I was playing uh, softball a couple weeks back fortunately for me um we've had a couple weeks off just based on how the schedule was set up and so it it helped me to heal up. And so I feel like I'm about maybe 95% now. I don't feel a sensation inside of my thigh like I did before. Um, because I pulled my quad, I felt the mm-hmm. pop in there. Um, but it 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 was helpful in a sense. Now I know what it is that I need to do and I know how far to push myself because I was off so long, I hadn't done anything in so long that some of those things that were kind of red flags, I didn't really take that into consideration because the week before that I started feeling my hip like Mm -hmm. it it felt like it was gonna pop but I you know I was in such a good groove and I was trying to help my team and that competitive flow started kicking in you know so you never know but anyway you know good luck with that man whatever you decide to do Mm -hmm. Um, as far as my week last week I couldn't you know do the show because I was back in Milwaukee matter of fact around this time I was just landing um, there at Mitchell airport um i stayed at a nice hotel downtown i i was able to go see the bucks so you know you see me right there you know damn time unfortunately dame laid an egg he had like the first <laughs> game of his career while i was out there it was just good to be back home um, i had to take care of some business that following morning but that sunday i had a chance to hang out downtown and i'm gonna say this man like that time when i went home I, I was unable to do the normal things that I do, you know, while I'm there. But um, so I was more of a tourist. So I'm coming in there I'm downtown at the hotel. It was in walking distance to the game. I'm hanging out down there in the old district or what it, ward district. They call third ward district. Man, it was popping. Milwaukee has some of the best places that I would venture to say in the definitely the country possibly the world that you can go to so i was very proud from that standpoint then my buddy he took me to a sports bar um, one of our friends that we grew up he has a nice sports bar out in brown deer it's called cream city very nice but i'm just saying like in the city itself just a certain place that you can go to that you're going to have a great time so i was proud you know coming back here and being able to tell people man put milwaukee on your list if you go if you want to go to chicago you know take that hour trip to milwaukee man like it's well worth it you're gonna have a great time you know um if you're a tourist now <laughs> milwaukee is one of those cities you know like it, it could be rough in certain areas but if you don't if you're oblivious to that you don't have to go in those areas you gonna think that that's one of the best cities you know that's 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 in the united states um so again i was very pleasantly surprised and then yesterday um I did a lot of catching up by the cleaning lady came she was um you know uh, she was sending me messages saying she was late and i got other stuff that i got to do but she got even you know, she came in did an immaculate job um but i had to take care of some business yesterday and then i was able to hang out a little bit later on but last thing i'm gonna say before we get into this episode good brother um uh, how you feeling when it comes to daylight savings time do you like getting that hour that extra hour Or do you like it where you get more daylight?
1: I'll say this: I like getting that extra hour, just when I get the extra hour. But I don't like the whole point of it, like especially in this area where it gets dark at like you know four forty-five in the winter, five o'clock. I think that's like you go to work, it's dark. You leave, it's dark, you know. And then for us, you know, we got we need that vitamin D, man. We already had trouble absorbing it, you know, and I think things can can for me it can get a little down, especially going to January February, which is you know cold, no holiday, It gets dark all the time, you know. Uh, So that part I don't necessarily care for, but I just like that. I do like the extra hour. Just that point, that point what happened last night, I like that. But other than that, it's just down here. It caught me off guard because I
0: had no idea that it was it was daylight savings week, Um, (laughs) and then as far as the does that uh, I- impact your mood? And, 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 and You know, like because it's so dark all the time, and then it's cold outside. Do you think that that affects your
1: like emotional state or your mood? It can. It won't. It won't around now. It will, you know, just after the new year when it starts moving to January and stuff like that, and nothing is really moving. We're just busy. I think that's when it starts to to kick in. Like, man, these days are short. It's cold. It's nothing going on. Like, you can't... I can't say it's nothing going on, but it's less events than it would be during the other times of the year, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it definitely... My mood is
0: impacted around that time because I don't was, I was spend too much damn money. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know? Um, but as far as that vitamin D, good brother, I set up me a trip from... See, I, I'm not in a situation like you. I, and I, I um, commend you guys who... You know, have your significant other. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm not in that situation this year. So what I'm doing for like the Thanksgiving week, I'm going to the Dominican Republic. It's going to kill a couple birds with one stone. But one of the stones that is going to um, knock off is mm-hmm. going to be getting that vitamin D. because It's going to be very warm down there and get a chance to soak in some of that sun. So that's how I'm going to try to, um, you know, finagle that situation that we're going to be dealing with. Um, also, as I always say, don't cap hit that cash up if you like what it is that we do, you know, please go ahead and donate to our cause, which is dollar sign in town. hand uh, that will be greatly appreciated. Also, if you can hit the like and subscribe button, that, that's also greatly appreciated. We're about six subs away from getting to a, a short term goal, which is the 500 and then on to bigger and better things. Vale, like I said it's been a couple weeks I really wanted to talk about I did everything I could last week to try to have a discussion about what (laughs) um last Saturday out there um it was in one of those Muslim countries Saudi Arabia I believe yeah yeah Saudi Arabia Uh, yeah And, and so yeah Francis Nagano some people say that he was robbed um but at the very least it was a poor performance by Tyson Fury. And then also Nagano surprised a lot of people uh, with his abilities and power. Uh, what did you see in that fight?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh it was definitely a close fight. And I could see a case for Neguanu winning, and I can also see the case for Fury winning. And this is just by you know norm numerical and numerical order and scoring the fight. Uh, I think Naguano won the event, and I think that was important because that's why I, I, that's why a lot of people are quick to screen robbery. You know, because he did win an event, he did a lot better than expected. expected. Uh, plus, you had a lot of people who, you know, aren't traditionally, you know, boxing fans. And they don't understand that, you know, uh, how fights are scored. Just because you knock somebody down doesn't mean you're going to win a fight, you know. <laughs> it's like whenever there's a fight, they ask, was there any knockdowns? How does person, you know, lose if they knock the person down? And you have to explain, like, you know, the numerical significance of those. But, Nguan, but in this case, you could make a, a case that Niguano did win because it was a close fight. Uh, matter of fact, I'm going to give a shout-out to, to Francis Niguano because one thing he does, he respects the game. He respects his game. He respects MMA. He respects boxing. He's serious. He's a humble guy, but he's serious. He comes in there. He doesn't come to play. And he, and he always said that he was going to do his best. And he did just that uh he's almost like the anti-fury he's everything fury is not and as a boxing fan i wish the roles reversed and that niguano was a boxer and fury was the mma guy because that way you know he's a good representation of what you would want boxing to be tyson fury is like this he's a guy that has the highest of highs and the lowest of lows but before we get into that i'm gonna get into the fight Uh, because i know i was ramming a little bit so, um, I mean, as far it, the sales it, of the fight. You know,
0: most people already know what, what,
1: yeah, is. yeah, yeah. But, you know, um, Yuri did, did, he did start off well and he was establishing that jab and it was knocking, you know, Nguyen head back a little bit. Uh, it's just that he wasn't, he didn't expect to be that strong or hit that hard. And he didn't expect naguano to, to have some amount of skill that he showed. And, and, uh, I think that played to his to Tyson Fury's detriment, you know, especially in a in a I think it was a third round where he got hit uh, on the side of his head with a left hook by Iguanu, and he went down, and he was shocked, surprised, and embarrassed, and he should be, you know. Um, and ever since then, he was kind of apprehensive, but he was trying to control the ring and doing enough to win. While I saw that guanu with gas in some spots, you know, he had his mouth open, you know, and there was times where. He, he was trying to counter Fury. He was trying, he, he, I saw that he was trying to set Fury up, uh, you know, plenty of times during this fight. And when that didn't happen, he seemed to just be waiting, waiting and waiting and uh, waiting. But he did throw some, he did land some hard shots on Fury. Uh, and that's why what made the case for it to be a close fight. And I think, the, I think towards the end, I believe it was the eighth, eighth or ninth round, I think it was the eighth round where he really, you could tell he actually tried to win this fight you know in the later rounds just numerically uh i i thought that fury edged it a little bit but fury is just man he's just an embarrassment to the sport he, he's just one of those guys who just don't respect the game man he, he, he walks around here you know when he's not fighting this dude is ballooning up to 400 pounds blaming it on mental health and i'm not saying that you know if you're a heavy guy you know what i'm saying be a heavy guy if you you know all those things you can be those things, but don't do that and then be trying to you trying to be an athlete and be great at what you do and saying that you on the level of Muhammad Ali. Don't do that, you know. Saying Muhammad Ali actually trained, he spent three years we wasn't fighting and he was still in shape training. This dude's walking around here with a spare tired gut. Oh, I
0: can't, I can't let you. No,
1: no, no, I'm doing it. No, 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 no. Well, let, let me do this. This dude nah, walking around man. here, you know what I'm saying? Pride, you know, proud of what he do, proud of proud yeah. of that, and not training. Okay, let me say one thing, sir. Go Let's ahead,
0: man. Something. Go I don't, ahead. Mean, I don't mean to cut your rhythm off, but <laughs> then Ali do the same thing. Ali used to get fat sometimes and he'd come in and fight dudes and he out of shape. And you know, he sure. would
1: too. Like, let me address that. Let me address that. The difference is when Ali was out of shape, it was near one, it was near the end of his career, and you can argue that Fury's near the end of his career, too. Ali wasn't walking around 400 pounds. Ali wasn't even walking around 300 pounds. You know what I'm saying? And, and on top of that, Ali fought everybody up to that point. When he was doing that stuff, he had already fought the best of the best. Fury got, like, fighters he never fought. You know what I'm saying? He got Usyk. He got, you know, AJ. He got, you know what I'm saying, uh, Johnny John. He got all these guys. Even the era before him, he never fought, Uh Luis Ortiz, you know what I'm saying? It's a lot of guys he could have fought. Now, if he would have fought just by everybody and beat them all, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you can make that argument. But he's he, he, that's why I say he can't really compare to Ali. You know what I'm saying? Ali was great for a reason. Ali was great because you, you look at his resume, there are no misses in the heavyweight division. Like, he literally fought everybody. He fought him more than once. And, and this went across, like, two decades. Jerry, not so much. This dude walks around here with, with, again, his his, his spare tire. And he's proud of it, laughing about it. And and, and then at the end of the fight, he's embarrassed. And he deserved to be embarrassed because he embarrassed the sport of boxing. Now, all of a sudden, you got MMA guys, fans. And and I love MMA. I I watch MMA. Love the fans. But you had to walk around saying that the average MMA fighter can go into boxing and beat a boxer. And saying it's a dying sport and all that. You got to listen to that now, you know. Because of Tyson Fury, because Fury let a guy that didn't belong in the ring with him, he let him get, stay in there too long. And you, when you have it in a situation like that, you're supposed to be like, hey, this guy doesn't belong in there with me, and I'm going to prove he doesn't belong in there with me. 45 year old Mayweather, 50 year old Mayweather don't let stuff like this happen. You know what I'm saying? This guy, Fury, is just a disgrace. Trade him away. Matter of fact, Ain't gonna put him he if he, I know I'm pretty sure he's off our pound for pound list, but if he isn't, he's off now, and it's gonna be hard for him to get back on. (laughs) Period. Is that that it? Yeah,
0: I can take a breather now. Let me ask you a question, sir Who who
1: won the fight? Toxic Fury won the fight okay matter of fact it could be i can argue it's a draw but well but,
0: uh, he won the fight okay he won so the fight. if you want to fight now he, can they do a rematch yes that's a they, thing They can't do a rematch you can do a rematch so he can get paid you know probably again with that um as far as the ali thing yeah i mean you make some points but at the same time we know that boxing isn't the way that it was before you don't really have anybody who's like just taking out all of the different fighters in their weight class you just don't have nobody's doing that anymore and for whatever reason sometimes it's not the fault of the fighter because i'm sure if deontay wilder had it his way if he had beaten fury then he would want to fight those other dudes he's been trying to get at him now he's come from that he's cut from that cloth you got i would assume Devin haney is cut from that cloth just saying guys with that type of mentality um but in Fury's defense he knocked off Klitschko nobody could beat him he knocked off Deontay Wilder you know a lot of people were afraid of him so you know he's done some big things and so he just may be a guy who is the ultimate um challenge seeker and so for him if he can't find somebody that really tempts his tummy, you know, as far as, you know, no pun intended, then he really is hard for him to get up. And it also could be that those Wilder fights took a lot out of him. Now, when I'm looking at this fight, I thought it was a couple of things at play. One, because Fury came out, he he may have, they may have, for one, he already knew all he had to do was make it to the end and he was going to get the victory because they already had the Usyk fight set up. So it didn't make any sense for the people who's putting on this show to lose money and have a Nagano win when they got the unification match, so they think, coming up in February, December, whatever is supposed to take place. Fury looked out of shape. He looked like he was trying to land some heavy stuff early. He also thought that Nagano was going to gas. I thought he was going to gas real soon. And it just didn't happen that way. But by him not being in shape, he had to like he couldn't really put his all into what it is he wanted to do because he was getting tired when he tried to do it. And Fury is a wrestler, you know, but you're fighting an MMA guy. So if you try to use those same tactics, you're gonna tire yourself out trying to wrestle with somebody who's um, a professional at that. You know, that sort of thing was was helping him maul, you know, Deontay Wilder and some of those smaller guys that he had faced previously but it just wasn't going to work. Matter of fact, you planted it to Gano's hands. So those are some of the things that I saw. Um, I was disappointed as well, you know, in Tyson Fury because of the thing that you mentioned as far as at the end of the day, you're supposed to got him out of there. You know what I'm saying? Or at the very least, make it where the class is, like you said, distinct difference in class. Like I, when you mentioned Mayweather, I thought Mayweather, you can kind of sense that Mayweather was kind of carrying um what's called when he fought him um, gregory yeah you can tell he's kind of carrying him a little bit but when he started putting it on him you know he started putting it on him and then you can also tell that it was kind of a strategy with mayweather when he was um you know letting what come gas out because he knew that he, the longest he had ever gone was five rounds and so after the fifth i'm gonna go ahead and start you know putting them pause on you and that's just exactly what he did And this one you know fury he just never showed me that separation between the heavyweight champion of the world and somebody who's in their first professional fight you know what i'm saying so yeah you're gonna have other guys this is not gonna stop you know this is not gonna stop anytime soon you're gonna have some guys calling the boxers out um because they think that they have a legitimate shot you know But it's going to be interesting to see, you know, moving forward for both guys. Is Fury kind of a little bit shot after the Wilder fights? He didn't look too bad, you know, in his last fight. But you just never know when that's going to start rearing his ugly head. And Nagano, you know, he has a he has another big fight in him. I would like to see him against Wilder. I would like to see him. I would like to see him against Derek Chisorin you know what I'm saying like guys like that just sort of call them out so it's gonna be interesting to see where both guys go from here uh, but shout out to Nagano for being very impressive um, and doing a lot better than I thought that he would I mean you have anything else that you would like to say about this one no nah, I spoke my I spoke my piece on most of this <laughs> I bet you know um, i also want to say you know as we move on to the next you know segments that this is really a Vail show right here. You understand? <laughs> I'm going to let Veil vale cook on some of these recaps because, um, in the midst of last week, and then we had a field trip that I was helping put together in the middle of the week. And then yesterday was so busy that I missed a lot of the, the fights, man. You know, I mean? and, and, and my apologies for that, but I'm going to let you go ahead and say what it is you need to say about. Uh, oh, let me go ahead and, and mention this, though, too, mm-hmm. before, before we move on and, and, and turn it over to Veil. Vale. You know as far as the punch stats you got the total punches they have fury landing 71 out of 223. um you had nagano 59 out of 231. um nagano landed more power punches five more and i think that that those who thought that he won the fight that's where they saw it was with the, the power punches and the former ufc france nagano who never participated in a professional boxing match prior to that night To me shot um the champion fury um and the world especially when he knocked him down uh in that third round and then after the knockdown fury rallied um to work that jab you know in his way back into the fight um but as you see nagano had landed five more power punches than fury and fury landed 17 more jabs than Nagano, um and that seemed to be what nipped the fight in his favor um Outside of that, I'm going to go ahead and go to the Oshaki Foster fight. He was fighting out there in Cancun last week against um, a fighter named Hernandez and he won a, a, what they're considering a miracle 12th round comeback. What did you see up there? Yeah,
1: now that I don't think it was a miracle, but in fact, I do got a few things about the Fury fight uh, and French Niguano fight. Um, it's not going to be long. Uh, the first thing is, on a higher scale, I like what Niguano did. I think On in the larger scale things, I think it's going to force Danny White's hand with the UFC because now Danny White has to pay his guys top dollar. We know MMA sells, you know, on average more pay per views, but the the salaries don't reflect that. And now you got Nguano getting paid like about four or five times to fight Tyson Fury that he what he would have gotten to fight a bone, a John bones Jones, who is like top tier. That is like their Floyd and Pacquiao is bones Jones versus Francis Nguanu. And Nguyen made more to fight Tyson Fury. So it's kind of exposing something in the UFC, you know, business model. Also to to you, you mentioned, you know, some of these other fights that Nguyen could have against, you know, Wilder, Derek Chisora. Then there's possibly, uh, some with, uh, Let's say uh Jolly Jong. I heard Jolly Jong had something to say about it that he mm-hmm. wanted to get, get the ring. How do you think uh, Francis Nuglano would do against those guys?
0: He'd get smoked. You think so? Uh, yeah, yeah nah, man. <laughs> it, it was fear, I, for, for some reason, Fury looked like even yesterday. I saw a little bit of the fight yesterday with the UK dude, uh, Cordina. But they slap him like they not even no power. So I don't know where his power went. But he, but some of those guys, he's he's still wide. He's still wild. I don't, that's what I'm saying. Like Fury didn't take advantage of the obvious. Like it's some obvious openings there against him. What he does have, he has some power, you know? But when he has those lulls, when he's, you can set him up for shots. Like sometimes when Fury would hit him, he just didn't have any power on his punches, and it never really like alter anything that Ghana was gonna do. He can see everything, and he can also, you know, take what's being delivered. But you talking about um, like a Wilder, nah. He gonna he gonna put him to sleep easily. You talking about Jelly John? You fighting a lefty, like a real lefty, real big, le- nah. That will spell trouble and and um my main man Jelly he 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 has like some skill with that too. It's not like he's a you know just a sloppy type guy. No, he has some real real skills, you know, that, that can pay the bills. Now, as far as um Chisora, I still think sore because he just He'll rough him up a little bit, and it'll be sloppy, but I think he'll wear him down, and then he'll end up catching him with something. I would stay away from guys like that, like a Chassaur. I would only fight the elite guys that's going to give me a real big payday. Mm-hmm. I'm not out here to prove anything, or unless he want to go the other route where he fights somebody who he definitely is going to beat. But I just don't know who that guy is. I th- I still think he's a novice. You know, I just think Fury didn't take him serious, didn't train or anything like that. And so that's the reason why the fight went all 12 and it was as close as it was. But those other guys not going to play around like that. But what about you? What do you think will happen between him and those other guys?
1: Oh, yeah. Wilder's putting him to sleep with one of the right hands. I mean, they, they, a lot of talk get made about Francis Nuglano's chin, but you, you just can't keep taking flush shots from a Deontay Wilder. I mean, I can't see it. Uh, Jolly John. Like Jolly is gonna—he—he he would stop Nubano, but it'll be a different. It won't be a single one shot. It could be, but it's less likely to be. I think Jolly John would just bulldoze him and just get him out of there. The only thing, well, Jolly John doesn't really wrestle with opponents like that, and I think that's the, where Francis would have an advantage. But John does, even though he fights on the inside, does all that stuff. He creates enough space for him to throw those punches. So, yeah, to your point, with it's. The, you people can say he's sloppy, but also he's always like in range to throw the right punch at the right time, even if their aim is wide. Derek Chisora. The only thing about Derek Chisora is that the the, the damage he's taken over the years. is like, I mean, he's a defensive fighter that could be, you know, on the downside or getting shot. Uh, so that's the one where I think Francis would have the most uh, chance of winning. And, and to me, I, I I really don't know. You know, I don't know. But I, I would say one thing: Derek Sora is not coming in there out of shape. He's not coming in there to play with Nguana like that, like Fury just did. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that being just like I said. It's interesting to see the direction that that both guys are going to go mm-hmm. uh, moving forward. Um, so yeah, Matthew, what you think about Oshaki's performance the other day?
1: Man, I was impressed because. Uh, Foster is one of those guys that he doesn't have, like, any anything glaring about him that you're like, okay, wow. You know, he has some skill. He's hittable. He moves sometimes. But there's nothing that's, like, that's going to wow you. But he does have a, a lot of grit, though. And, and he had a lot of courage to fight uh, this fight like the way he did because uh, Hernandez, was a, uh, he's a, a puncher for real and he was giving, you know, Foster that work, you know, over, you know, over the the uh 12 rounds that it went. For most of the time, he was just giving him that work. Uh you could tell that Foster was trying to find his timing and find his range in his fight and he was having a little bit of trouble sometimes keeping Hernandez off of him, but that's when that toughness would kick in, you know. He he showed that he can, you know, he can take a shot, you know. Um he can move out, he can move out of position when you know Hernandez was heating up and catching him in those spots in the corners. He could maneuver away from that stuff, but Hernandez just he just kept coming, man. He was throwing punches, and it, it was interesting because looking at this fight, I I wasn't sure that Hernandez was going to gas at all, you know, but he was fighting at a, a a very high pace. Um, so I I do think um there came a point where where Hernandez kind of stepped off the off the uh. Off the gas a little bit. I think it was like the either the eighth or ninth round, where I was like, "Oh, either either he maybe broke his hand or something, or he just he just gassed out a little bit." And I think he he was gassing. Um, also, I didn't like the open scoring in this fight. I, I, I think there was open scoring where they knew where, where where they stood. It it benefited Foster, but I'm not sure I, I liked it. At the same token, I don't think I think one of the judges had. Hernandez winning every round. I don't think that was true. I I think you could say that he was winning, but he wasn't winning every round. Uh, But but knowing this, Foster, you know, he stepped up. He started really timing Hernandez more. And in the 11th round, he really hurt Hernandez. And he was really trying to get him out of there and put him down. uh, I think he put him down once or twice in the the 11th. I know that uh, Hernandez also caught uh, Foster and, Buzzing a little bit, but I think they were overstating how hurt Foster was. Foster just, you know, uh, regrouped himself and came back. And in the 12th round, he just put the stamp on it and just got that stoppage, man. And I think that was important for his career. You know, uh, he was a champion, one of those champions that got the belt that they may not take seriously and look at him as like, maybe he's a paper champ that some big guy can knock off. But at least he's showing that he got grit and he's going to give his all and he's not here to play. So... Um, Foster, he improves to, to uh 21 and 2, 12 knockouts. Hernandez, he uh he drops to 34 and 2, and I think he has like 31 knockouts. So uh good win for Shockey Foster. Uh I think he pick, he picks up the WBC uh 130-pound title. Um so that's off to the guy. Yeah,
0: man. We're not fake, we're not paper champs like Holy you remember that, that lyric?
1: No, man. Somebody call it Holy Bill, Paper Champ. Yeah, that was on VSOP with uh, Above the Law. We're not paper champ. Okay. Oh, no, man. Maybe that was you know what? It will make it, it kind of make all right. Since you brought up that lyric. I'm I'm gonna say something. I don't know what album it's from, but I'll i guarantee you it's probably like album, it's probably either the first or second album. And this is the why, because in totality, you'll you'll hear that line like that's silly to call Holyfield a paper champ, but I could see that in the time that he beat Buster Douglas, that people would think that you know, and Tyson just went to jail, so it have to be there either the first, or the first or second album, maybe "Living Like Hustlers" or maybe the album after that.
0: It was, it was the second album, but you're absolutely correct that people did look at Holyfield like he was a paper champ because he didn't get the Tyson fight, and then he ended up beating buster douglas and then yeah. after that he was fighting larry holmes and foreman and people like that so they're like man this dude fighting these old dude larry holmes out here flat being sick you know what i'm saying and then you got <laughs> <laughs> which is another lyric from Pop, yeah, yeah Maciavelli <laughs> yeah so um but you got to keep in mind how the um standards have changed like nobody take davis could go fight anybody for a vacant You know, (laughs) undescript belt, and then that's like, oh, you see, he'd be the champ, you know. Mario Barrios, when come on, man, you know what I'm saying, or catch weight and all this type of stuff. So, back then, the standards were so high that wasn't Holyfield fought, you know. But it wasn't until he fought Bo Mm -hmm. in that knockdown, drag out first fight that he lost that people really started giving him credit. It's like, oh Mm -hmm. man, he was banging out with that big boy, that big young cat, and then he really got. You know, recognition when he was able to defeat them when um, fan bad. man, fan man came in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. But yeah, man, that's a little brief history. Also, you had Effie and Jawa. I believe this was last last night um, that he mm-hmm. defeated uh, Joe Goodall. You know, before you get the cooking on this one as well. Like I said, this is the Veil Show. Um, <laughs> they where they be getting these guys from? I, this I think that's ESPN Top Rank Show um, here, but. They always gonna find a Joe Goodall, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) But anyway, um, how did he look?
1: I mean, he looked against a Joe Goodall. I mean, Joe Goodall was brought there to 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 showcase a job of skill, and then apparently, I think Joe Goodall he he beat somebody. He beat the he. I can't remember who he beat, but he beat somebody that 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 they thought he was important. and Ajaba basically did what he normally does you know Ajaba Jabba had those long arms he used that one that, that one two and and Godard just still just stayed right on the end of his punches and I think that's just spells trouble and, and it's funny because looking at Ajaba, he does have these, these, these this long reach but you can see the punches kind of coming he is kind of slower than I, than I thought he was because Now, watch him like somebody can counter that, but it's still gonna be hard because of those long arms. But but Godaw was just you know, I will give Godaw credit on something though. He was hurt a lot in this fight throughout, I think it was like four or five rounds and went, I think, four rounds. This dude never went down. I mean, he was wobbling and everything. This dude was like, I'm not going down by any chance, which probably would have helped him to get it to take a, a, a knee in one of those of those times he was hurt, Um but he just, he just, this fight, he was just taking punishment in the fourth round. It was just like, the ref just had to step in and just stop it. And he, he gets stopped on his feet, but, but Goddard, that's one good thing I can say about is that he's, he didn't, he did not want to go, down. but like you said, I mean, the job, I, just, I think they're trying to protect them and, and they're afraid of, of, of uh, putting them in there with somebody that can, you know, do some expose. damage, to him. expose them. Yeah, expose them. But you know, um, I don't know. Put him in there with, with. Put him in there. I mean, you ain't got to put him in there with Jelly John, but put him in there with a with a with a, uh, <laughs> a Daniel Dubois. <laughs> you know what I'm mm.
0: That's a good fight, but I think yeah, both, it's a
1: crossroads.
0: Both both guys are protected though. You know and they they're protected by their promotional companies mm-hmm. and so i think for dubois and his people they make pretty decent money off of them you know why not continue to go down that road because a lot of those uk dudes and uh, you know some top ranked guys too they always end up you you try to figure out like where are they getting their opponents from like where these dudes come from man like they just got their little stable of guys that they go through where, for instance, Bank Jr., you'd be like, dude, they, you've been ranked that long, and it's like you keep fighting these guys that you're facing that we don't even know who these guys are, or you keep fighting the Liams, or you fight the, you know. <laughs> and So, yeah, I don't get it. Um, but that's just the nature of the sport, you know, as we speak nowadays. That's why I say trying to compare certain guys to dudes in the past is hard to do it because it's a totally different game. It's like trying to compare hip-hop. To the way it was before you know it's just it's different oh yeah um, shout out
1: to that uh what was that? the black superman by by the law yeah that's my jam black super
0: yeah they used to, man, they used to be my group right there <laughs> matter of fact i think they're one of the most underrated west coast artists of all time they got about three definitely three mm-hmm. and, and and maybe a possible damn they
1: classics you know yeah, I'll say this. Yeah, they, uh, one thing they, they, well, those who know, know, but they are really, they're the ones who Dre got the idea for G Funk. Like they were doing that G Funk, you know, style and beats before Dre even got onto it, before that, uh, that, that, the second NWA album.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we, we give them history lessons today. So <laughs> All right, but, uh, you know, so since we don't have the, uh, you know predictions this week we'll go ahead and start talking about the latest and greatest in the news veil um again it's the veil show i'm just a company <laughs> you know he you like ron and i'm dmc yes that was it <laughs> you you like uh buster rhymes and i'm spliff star you know
1: <laughs> <laughs> nah, i ain't gonna do that to you yeah. today sure, yeah. a star though that's my man he can he can rhyme though <laughs> hey, you uh what's my man name from naughty by nature
0: and the other cat Vinny. On many today. But anyway, Bill, so check this out, man. In the news, um, what we had is Canelo Alvarez. You told me, you know, off mm-hmm. camera that McGee might be fighting somebody else. I hopefully, hopefully, for hopefully for his sake, he's not gonna do that because I think this is the brick, big break that he needs. This is the big payday that he needs. Um, and then you also can ultimately see where he stacks up against. The elite of the elite it's it's that time you know um if is he is he gonna you know step up to the occasion you know so to speak but on canelo's end it's looking like he's gonna fight magia next and then I, i thought i heard them say benavidez will be the second leg of the two fight deal that he's trying to set up if that's the case what do you think about this you know canelo's latest um you know, itinerary when it comes to the sport of boxing.
1: Uh the only way I would like this if 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 Canelo was fighting like maybe three fights in the next year. But because it's two, like, man, I, it's like he's fighting Mugia on uh what Cinco de Mayo. He plans to fight David Benavidez, uh Mexican Independence Day weekend. So we do have time. Uh but But at the same time, oh, that's what it was. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Hami Magia, they said he's in talks to fight John Ryder in January. So, I I believe he's taking that fight before the Canelo fight. Don't think that's going to help him, though, because it's John (laughs) That's super middleweight. Uh, Now, Hami Magia, very talented offensive fighter. But you look at the level of opponents, he, he hasn't done anything to suggest that he's a real threat to Canelo. Canelo is basically using him to get ready for David Benavidez. Really? That's that's what we're seeing. So as talented as McGee is, I think Canelo is too experienced, especially considering what we just saw against uh Jamel Charlo, he's gonna he's probably gonna have his way. McGee is gonna feel that power and he's gonna be he's gonna be let and McGee doesn't have the defensive chops that. That uh, Jamel Charlo has, or the feet to move around and try to avoid getting hurt by Canelo, so I think Canelo wow. would stop McGee. Um, but but is there with McGee? Because it's like it's like the only time you hear him discuss with these top fighters is like the, at the very top. Like I remember years ago, they were trying to make a fight between him and Triple G. So it's like, and it, I think his team pulled out of that one, you know. So it's like. He'll get beat up by Canelo just for more money, basically. <laughs> Same way. So, uh, of course, for Canelo, just a tune up for McGee, it's just like, I don't know, it is cashing him out or somebody's cashing him out. It's the way your thoughts but Well, you didn't mention the other end. See, here's the thing.
0: Like a lot of people mention, and let me go ahead and get on camera for this right here. Mm, okay. Um, a lot of people mention, you know they, they upset with this portion of it. Um, as far as him facing McGee, if he gonna if he's gonna fight David Benavidez afterwards,
1: how is that? That's great. That's because what of the year. <laughs> it's like a year. It's like a I, a year. Like if he was fighting McGee in January and fight David Benavidez Cinco de Mayo, I would like that better than to draw it out longer than we've been drawing it out.
0: So basically, he would be fighting Benavides in September.
1: Yes, Mexican Independence Day.
0: Camilo, I, I feel for you, good brother. You <laughs> I'm patient. Like people, <laughs> it's nobody has has this resume. You know what I'm saying? Like if you just, all you got to do is let me know that he's going to be at the end of the rainbow. You understand what I'm saying? As long as I know that the, he got David Benavides after this, because guys do that all the time. Like, they set one fight up for the next fight. But with his resume that he has, Bivol, C- Triple G. I mean, the list goes on and on. You understand as far as what he's been doing? And it's just you can't please everybody because I'm hearing how, oh, he's going to fight McGee. McGee is, that's not bad. You know, but McGee is a, obviously... He, he leaves a lot to be desired as far as defense, you know, and for his sake. Now, when he's on his game, he's he's a handful. He's young. He, you know, he has offensively, he's gifted. He's heavy-handed. Um, it's just you would think Canelo is going to be able to use his experience, skill, know-how to be able to combat whatever it is McGee is going to bring to the table. And he has certain attributes that McGee has never seen before, which you definitely have to favor Canelo. It looks like this is an easy one for Canelo, but you just never know. Now, if McGee is trying to fight Ryder prior to, he may not get past Ryder. Like, that's a tough fight. Canelo got a bad rap for going 12 with Ryder. Maybe if Canelo was in his prime, prime, you know, he might have got Ryder out of there. Ryder's just a tough dude to get out of there. Like that's a tough fight. Like people are like, oh man, Ryder is the best fighter on a lot of guys' resume, but for <laughs> Canelo, they can't really give him the props like that. Canelo just got to fight all of the, the the jolly green giants. Like they don't give him a pass. As soon as he fights David Benavidez, then they're gonna be like, well, you, you don't want to fight Beef again. It's like he shouldn't have fought him in the first place. You know what I mean? So and then it's going to be morale that's what it's going to be so you can always just in that position where it's nothing that he can do unless he's just fighting dudes right after the other but you're gonna you can't fight a dog like that mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like you keep doing that and it's like you're gonna wear yourself out doing that because you're fighting all of the high caliber guys the other dudes might fight one here and there but they preserving themselves themselves where you wear yourself out so you got to be mindful mm-hmm. of that as well shout out to canelo i like the fight um i like his direction um that he's going he's at the you know back nine of his career um and then it's just going to be another another goodie for us like i say if this was just magia by itself then i'll be like oh come on Canelo, you gotta do better than that but i might still give him a little bit of a pass you know what i'm saying me knowing his resume and what other dudes are doing now. He has less of a pass because Benavidez is fighting Andre. If, if Benavidez is still fighting the dudes that he's been facing, then I'll be like, Canelo, shit, McGee is probably better than most of the dudes Benavidez has been facing anyway, with the exception of Plant. Um, but again, I like the direction, Canelo. Shout out to you, sir. Also, um, Manny Pacquiao is talks of him and Floyd Mayweather doing an exhibition fight. But Manny, Manny Fresh, he said, man, I'll come out of retirement <laughs> for one dude. Tank Davis. Uh, what are your thoughts on both? Uh,
1: the pack out Floyd, that's basically a you know, money-making expedition fight they're going to fight that they would do. I'm not sure Floyd would even do it. It's probably, he probably won't find enough money in it. I mean, even, and if he did, fair play, but putting him in there with Davis is, man, I'm like, you can't fault Manny for not having a heart, man. The dude got heart, but, and, and let, let's be clear. Manny at his best will, will Wash Davis. We talking about, a, a, you know, Manny Pacquiao in his forties. And regardless of, of, of the, the uh, lack of resume that Tank Davis has, Tank Davis does have skill, he has speed, and he has serious power. Uh, and he'll be he he will be faster than a lot of guys that Pacquiao is facing a long time, you know. And, and Pacquiao is not young anymore. His reaction time is not as fast. So and, and it's just like now see now you gotta get my wheels turning on this one because now it's like what did Tank Davis do to even earn a fight with Pacquiao? It's 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 guys out here that Around even at 147 that deserve that fight more than Tank Davis. And I never seen someone who who done less and get stuff handed to him like this on a platter. Cause then Tank Davis will get this win, and then you'll have everybody talk about how Tank is number one pound for pound. He's so great and blah 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 without fighting the biggest challenges wow. in his 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 uh his current weight class that I think is more dangerous to him than uh a fight with the uh, current version of Manny Pacquiao. Now Pacquiao does have experience, and he's, he he can be able to use that. But at some point, Father Time is undefeated, and, wow. and this is just a stepping stone for Tank Davis, in my opinion. What are your thoughts? So who do you think will win? Um, I think winning? I think I think Tank could do a do a Marquez number on him, and, and I think it'll be a violent fight. And I think that because the Pacquiao loves activity. Um. He'll give Tank a, a lot of trouble, and plus the angles he'll give Tank a lot of trouble. He might he might hurt Tank a few times in this fight, but I think that eventually Tank is going to time him and he's going to uh, hurt him and put him to sleep. <laughs> Mm-mm.
0: My bad, I had a little turkey, but um, don't choke on a turkey bone, man. No, you know, I think he's 41.
1: Man, 41? He... Uh, oh, yeah, he was like 45. Oh, is he 40? Well, he be 45 next month, I think.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that might be a little bit much because he's he's been so inactive. He's, I don't know, he's one of those dudes, though, man. I wouldn't put it past him to be able to, you know, have one shiny moment left in him, you know, and using that experience that he has. I... Man, he been old to me for a long time. You know what I'm saying? He'll keep coming back, and it's like, you'll see him with a whole bunch of people out there in the Philippines, you know, not even concerned with boxing. Then next thing you know, he got a fight, he signed, you know, and he... He goes in there, and he does his thing. So... I don't know how much more of that he has left in him. Again, it's just one of those situations. You have to see him, like looking less than himself, like way off. You know, he he's been showing like signs of a little bit of slippage here and there, but he's such a beast, man. I wouldn't put it past him to be able to like have one more night in him. You know, and he may do it differently, where he might box a little bit more than you anticipate. But he's a cold dude, and he he provides you know different angles and different um speeds on his punches that is just unique and so the limited experience of tank as far as the fighters that he's faced he would not be prepared for that and if they're fighting at 147 this would be the first le- legitimate threat that he's facing that doesn't have to like drain <laughs> himself you know what i'm saying so that would be interesting as well i don't know i think it's at, like kind of a 50 50 fight I think. Um, but I like it, man. I like it, you know. Cause see what's gonna happen is if he do take the fight, then he can't really drain guys anymore. You know what I'm saying? He can't really be like, okay, I'm gonna fight you at 135, but you gotta in this clause and this and that. Like, dude, you just fought Manny Pacquiao, you know what I'm saying? Like, it won't really make sense for him to be able to do that moving forward.
1: Yeah, well, because so, it's gonna be worse for everybody because now he, he get victory over Manny Pacquiao. Now he's I'm the cash cow, I'm A, I can make you do whatever I want. And obviously he doesn't care about criticism, his people don't because he's, he's been doing this. He fought yeah. Mario Barrios at 140, but won't Ryan at a, at a, a catchweight, you know what I'm saying? No. <laughs> rehydration you. clause.
0: I feel you, but like I say, as far as the guys that like, he really will put himself in a in a tough spot because okay, he wins a fight at 147. For one, coming back down is going to be difficult. Like trying to come back to 135 is going to be a little bit more challenging after you have a full fledged fight at 147. Two, who is he going to be facing that he can do that to afterwards? Like, because really, I think he would be more so. Agent Broner. Yeah, then he really is going to be. I see it, man. I see it. Yeah, he's going to be a paper champ like Holyfield. Yeah, you understand.
1: <laughs> you, you might have one right there. I'm gonna go to the next one, man. Let's see, uh, Keith Thurman. I can see, I can see a Keith Thurman fight happening at 147. Keith Thurman about to get smoked next. You know, <laughs> that's why I can see it. Who yeah. else? Who else? Let me look. I'm looking at the rankings now. Let me, let me look at this closely. Uh, fuck <laughs> okay, wait. I'm Mario Berrios pick up a paper champ, paper title. title now is Mario Berrios rematch. I would tell you Giobani, what he's doing. Giovanni Satelion. No. Nah, no,
0: he's not doing that. So, what he'll do, he still got all of the, the tricks that he has. So, what he could do is he could pull um, Pit up to 140. He pull <laughs> up to 140. <laughs> and then he could. Connor you know, Ben. <laughs> he, listen, he can do. He can do a, a Rolly Romero rematch because Rolly <laughs> got that belt. He got a lot of stuff, you know. But, Yeah, I don't, I don't even want to guess that. Ryan practice. at
1: one forty seven. Ryan, you, I gave you some. Now you get to rehydrate. Now.
0: <laughs> I think that he he don't want to do that though, because <laughs> Ryan is that's Ryan has that frame that he might be stronger. anyway let's move on from that man that's that's some um stuff right there so now you got Dimitri Bivel. do you think this cap or no cap as far as Bivel, he wants uh hoping to fight before january then he wants the second part as far as the Callum smith better be winner you think he really wants that he think he capped
1: i don't know it's part of me says cap part of me don't the part of me that don't is because um i never thought he showed me kind of who he was when he fought Canelo. Like, look, I can do this, and he wasn't like bombarded by all the lights and cameras. And he did what he did, and he does, and he does have enough skill where he does have a chance against uh, the winner of Bitterbee versus Callum Spill, which most likely i would favor Arthur Bitterbee in that fight. Um, but but then we got also got to think about if th- if this was a fight that Demetri Bibo really wanted it would have happened already. Like, they've had, it'd been at least five years where we've been asked, thinking about this fight by as long as Crawford and Spence. And to think about that, that, that Terrence Crawford versus Errol Spence, who are two, like, very popular welterweights in one of the premier weight classes, happened for Demetrio Bibo versus Arthur Bitterby who are not that known, as, as known, and this will be the biggest fight for both and get the most money for both. It, leads, it just leads me to a point that it's a side of me that says that they don't doesn't think that Dimitri Bibo, or maybe it's the people around him doesn't want to fight Arthur Bitter. Uh, now if Callum Smith was able to pull this one out. I can see Dimitri Bibo fighting him if Bitterbee wins a close fight and, and Smith is one is that one guy that Bitterbee doesn't stop. I can also see yeah, Dimitri cool. Bivov taking this fight. But if, if part of me is like if Dimitri Bivov wanted this fight, it would have happened already. What say you? Well, look, 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 I just got one follow-up. Bill. Sure. Why do you
0: think it hasn't happened?
1: I really don't know. It, it, I, I, I really don't know. I think neither I, of them are big enough to, to to, to even say, hey, it's Promotional issues or anything like that, because neither of them are like money makers, or will be money makers after they win. The, whoever wins that fight, it doesn't. After that fight, they're both will be on the downside of career and looking at retirement. Matter of fact, I think Bitterby would probably retire after that fight if he even be one.
0: B-Bowl
1: um, is only like thirty one, thirty two. Except Bibble is, yeah, yeah but Bibble already had a full career. You might fight a couple times. Bitter beav is definitely will be one or two fights away after that fight from retiring. Um yeah, I still think maybe most people don't think he's maybe trying to get him ready for a bitter beav. I don't know. Maybe it's that in that case. I can now I can see it if they're like okay, let me watch this guy and see how much bitter beef can slip, and then we'll go and fight him. See that too.
0: Mm. I don't know man. It, it, it's it's a shame though that you got all of these other it's it's the two um the two fights that really frustrate me that that has have, have not happened because we had a year of a lot of unification matches. You had the Charlos, you had the um Crawford's and other guys who got it on, you know, finally, you know what I'm saying? And so for them not to fight the two, let me let, 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 let finish that train of thought. Was Bivol and Betterbee, and then Fury and Usy. It's like, man, he's the last two, last of the Mohicans, as far as these unification matchups, so we can see who the best of the best. And those are two historically known weight class, light heavyweight. Kind of like when um, the white Muhammad Kawi and Michael Spinks fought in the brawl for it all in Atlantic City. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? <laughs> like we could have had one of those fights. But you know, for whatever reason, I, I know I don't think it's better be. Better Be is a I think he'll fight anybody. But he's been injured too. You know what I'm saying? Like as soon as he started come back, then it's like, okay, then he get something crazy end up happening to him. But I hope it's not cap. and that's something that we'll see in early 2024. All right, so also, Vale, um, those pay-per-view <laughs> numbers leaked as far as Fury and Nagano. Um, I think it's like 56,000 esp <laughs> and that's that's pretty low. Um, are you surprised at the numbers?
1: Yeah, that's horrible. I, I'm surprised because this was a fight that, you know, it, it was a potential crossover fight, you know, where you have those crossover potential, and – I'm not sure if i mentioned this before, but I know I thought it. that I, I, I was like, this fight is coming up and they're not really promoting it as much as the big fight that you would think. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and, I, and I think the thinking of it was, well, this is just the expedi- exposition that, I mean, expedition that Tyson Fury is probably going to win easily. Uh, if they thought that this fight was what it was, that, you know, what happened happened, I think if people really believe that, I think that the, the, the pay-per-view numbers would have been higher. I'm going to
0: no. cut into what you're saying so we oh, yeah. can, can um, uh, you know, I was listening to that Jada, you know, we can style speaking Jada this one. So I'm going to throw a little something <laughs> out there. I think personally that it was the time of day that the fight came on because that a fight of that magnitude, I thought that it was coming on later for sure. I never even looked into it. So I'm sitting over there. I'm leaving Trader Joe's. I went. And they have giving all, all type of samples. So I'm full. Then they stand over here. They let me sip the wine. I'm sipping the beer, and I'm, and I'm on my way home. You know, what I'm saying, listening to some music. I'm taking my jolly old time. And then I heard my boy Ty. He said, "Man, you gonna jump on with us for the Fury Nagano fight?" I was like, "Yeah, I could, I'd be. Yeah, I'd definitely be home by the end." But he was telling me about another fight that was on the undercard that was good, and I was yeah. like, "Is it on now?" He said, "Yeah." He said it should be on in about fifty something minutes. I was like, dang, I had no idea. I just assumed that they would put that fight on late, regardless of wherever it is that they were fighting. So it would do like prime time, it'd be on prime time, you know, in the United States. Mm-hmm. So I think that that played a, a huge factor in it as well.
1: Yeah, but I, I, do, I do think that the undercars happening, the undercar is going on like three, four in the afternoon. I remember there was like two hours between the, the last fight. And then the Fury fight, <laughs> the Granu fight started. Two hours. That's horrible, man. And, and, people, and now you got people saying, oh, see, this would never happen in UFC. They they had two hours. They were doing that. That's not normal in any box match. Like, whoever was promoting this just, just failed at it. Like Two hours. And you get a performance and all that stuff. I'm like, come on, man. You
0: can tell whoever put this
1: show on, this card
0: on, they aren't familiar with putting on this type of event, like just boxing or UFC. You can just tell. And it's the same people who would do the Usyk. They got money. Um, But they they would be the same people who would would do the Usyk and Fury. They're the same people who was going to do the Joshua and Wilder. Um, And so I don't even know if the pay-per-view numbers even really matter to them because they just want to put on these events, and they probably made some money in different ways. Um, but should have definitely wasn't promoting this much because they, they didn't do that. They weren't promoting that, you know, at all. Um, but I do know, like, I, I talked to some people who did see it. But again, streaming is going, going to be a lot, you know, of yeah. the lost revenue, too.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You
1: know. Not like that. I'm like, come on, $50,000? It's not, yeah. 200K is like bad. Like two, three hundred K is bad. When you going to 50K? That's uh that's a was that 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 block or whatever that was that Crawford was was signed to. That's those type of numbers. BK Prime, whatever they call. it.
0: Yeah. Do you think that it's a blessing in this... But what do you do you think? I think a lot of people still watch this fight
1: though. Uh, yes, they did. I still think a lot of people watched it,
0: but. If they didn't, it could be a blessing in disguise, in disguise because of how that wasn't that wasn't a good show. That wasn't money work. If you pay for it, you didn't get your money's worth. And, uh, I feel bad
1: for you. You paid for
0: it <laughs> on so many different levels, because one, the action wasn't good. Two, you didn't see any skill from the guy who's supposed to be the skilled guy, you know, and then last but not least, it was controversy. Like a lot of people thought Nagano won. Mm hmm so it's like oh man and the way fury looked like i said if the numbers like if people didn't see it i'm glad because
1: i don't want that to be a representation of boxing you know what it is already is yes that's it it already is this is our this is our heavyweight champion <laughs> is, come on fury that's what i say man that's spare tire man like <laughs> yeah. um do you think this is happening right here in february no, nah, I don't think that's no. Nah. man. Man, the, the fury, you up here embarrassing Detroit, you embarrassing my man, sugar heel, man. Come on, man. Fury, man. I would, if I, man, I'll ban him from crunk. I... <laughs> don't come in here until you beat somebody up.
0: <laughs> he already did. Like I say, Fury, I, I, I don't know, man. I just, it's hard to pick against them in, in big fights. Because he's, his antennas are going to be up. You know, he just may be one of those guys. I don't know. Because he looked bad against Otto Wallen. He looked bad against a lot of guys I see him. Cunningham, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? He got dropped in. But then when he fights somebody who really is a threat, that's awesome.
1: You, you're right. But the, the difference is, let's say, let's say he would have lost that fight with Nguanu. That would have been worse than him losing to an auto whaling or whoever that is. You know, saying? Like at least he losing to a boxer and many great boxers have lost to boxers. No, nobody's losing to a novice, you know what I'm saying? In a first fight. You know last year I was I, I went on a rant on how unrealistic Creed 3 was. But this just proved it, man, that somebody in a first professional fight can fight for a heavyweight championship and win it. This just proved this disproved my point. <laughs> They embarrassed me. (laughs) Ali
0: lost to Leon Spinks, who was in like his six, seven fight.
1: Leon Spinks had six, seven number one. Leon Spinks had six, seven fights. Leon Spinks was a gold medalist in boxing, a a, a revered amateur. The Guano is none of those things.
0: I'm just saying he was a relative novice at the pro level. He was not
1: at the pro level, but he was an Olympian level boxer who knew. He had skill. He knew how to box. Harry it wasn't T- his
0: Harry Kosia, not not Leon Spinks. You know <laughs> he did. sleep You he know then it. what's called? Uh, it was it was somebody else. I saw him fight this one dude, some Johnson or something like that. He he put him in a body bag. Kosia put it put him in a body bag, and then and, um, and up it- to that point, the damage to Ali was done already. <laughs> If Fury had three fights with Water, I said that's what I'm saying. Like he not taking that into consideration, that he had two of them was knocked down dragouts. You know, you fighting against that heavy puncher. But again, yeah, I think probably. the Johnson dude, yeah. like I say, the Johnson dude put almost put him in a body bag. Harry Kosia almost put him in a body bag. And then Dwight Muhammad kawi put his body bag in a body bag. Yeah, you we,
1: we can talk. We, yeah, we can talk about those those three fights with Water. But you talk about Ali who fought. What's his? Uh, Sonny listened twice. Joe Frazier three times. Ken Norton three times. George Foreman. Yeah, right. He took a way more punishment in his career than Tyson Fury did up to this point. Way
0: more. Especially here's the thing: you can't. That that is all relative because mm-hmm. what one person is able to withstand, another person may not be able to. So Ali's. Damage took start really to show once he retired. Where Furies is showing a little bit a lot sooner, if that's what the situation is. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's different. Some people can like take a tick, ticking and keep take a look and keep on ticking. Like I saw Durant get knocked out by Hearns, but then he's kind of changed his style up a little bit and then he developed his chin, never really was bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, it never, where I saw Hearns, after he got knocked out by Hagler, he was more susceptible. Where when he get clipped, you'll see him, like, a little shake. Now, he still was cold. He still was good. But he had to deal with that shaky chin that he had, where, to me, what's was less vulnerable. Not to say that he was better or anything like that. I'm just saying. And Hearns was a bad dude. Roy Jones, once he got clipped, he was pretty much done as far as you. Anytime you tap yeah. shit. Like, so I'm just all I'm saying is this: is that guys are different in terms of the punishment they take, when
1: it's going to begin to show, how it's going to show. You know, we all. Yeah, like it's true. About. But this is an outsider, man. This, this is not other body. This is an outsider <clears throat> that went the distance and and controversially almost beat him. This is like. If Chuck Norris fought Jerry Leonard in 88, you know what I'm saying? And went the distance with him in a boxing match. That's a few I
0: don't think it's that bad. I think it's, it's, it's not Chuck Norris. That, that would be. <laughs> but you know, I get it. I get what your gripe is. That's my gripe too. Like, I don't like the fact that he let some novice who is in their first fight, even if the guy was a Olympian. Like, I still think that you should. Now, again, that's worse than what Ali did with, my, with Leon Spinks, way worse. Like you say, he was more acclaimed, a lot more acclaimed. Now, what's come is, is cold when it comes to UFC, Nagano, you know, and, and whatnot, but he's not a professional boxer. Like, that's not – he just doesn't work with his hands like that all of the time. And you would think that the heavyweight champion, the so-called baddest man on the planet – that he would have performed better against somebody that's in their first fight. Whoever that guy is, he could be the LeBron James of
1: boxers, you know what I'm saying, in his first fight, but he's still a novice. And it's yeah, Quick be. question, quick question. So let's say the Guano goes back to UFC. Who you got, him or Bones Jones? I don't know. I don't know enough about UFC. What I, what I saw
0: with Bones Jones, he's a bad dude. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just tough. Like, it's hard to say, you know. That would be Manny versus Floyd. That would be one of those ones. I don't know, like, as far as making predictions in that, I wouldn't be able to do it, you know, as far as um, skillfully, you know. But I see ways that both could win. It's just that Bones Jones, the fight that I saw him, he moved up the heavyweight, how efficient he is like you can't make any mistakes against him or he gonna mess around and get you down or he's he's good like that but also with nagano i think that he's more um he has that eraser with that the long arms and you mess around and, and some of the punches that he's able to hit you with you would think that you are able to get out of the way of it but you can't because he's so long it's unorthodox stuff you'd be clipping guys with i might lean towards bones jones because i think technically he's better but at the same time, what's Comments has tremendous power, bro. Like that power is unreal. Um, but what about you? What, what do you think?
1: Uh, I don't know. I think that's a 50 50 fight to me. It, it, it kind of, because I think Niguano is young, a little bit younger than, than Jones. And I think that could play a part. And Jones already had like a full, almost two careers at this point. But it's hard. He's hard to pick against because he's so awkward. He has these long arms and reach that he uses. Uh, plus, he could do so many different things. It's just that the guano would just. He, Bones, he's looking at. Bones would be looking at a real heavyweight challenge. Bones really is a a, a light heavy, you know, really? a 205. But he's been fighting that heavyweight. And, and he, I don't think his body is really built to be to carry that type of muscle that someone like niguano is and i think that size and strength could play a part it's just that i've never seen jones in any type of trouble since i've been watching him <laughs> and that's, that's saying something he, you fights see, clean, you know? he fights a clean fight
0: yeah yep yeah we'll see man you know we'll hopefully it's made you know or you know it's a lot of good like what's going he, he left himself open for a lot of interesting moves that could be made moving forward with his performance you know I would choose. you just make sure you choose wisely though good brother you know <laughs> he can go in two different directions he can try to get him a bones Jones and then he can always leave the avenue open for another professional fight against one of those top tier guys you know too I don't know which one he would want to do first -hmm. Do I go ahead and fight a pro and then get knocked the heck out? (laughs) And then, with that, take the luster off of a Jones Bones fight? Or do I go to Jones Bone, I mean, Bones Jones, and I mess around and lose? Do I lose luster and trying to get back into the fighting game, the boxing game?
1: You know what I mean? Uh, I think it's worse if you lose him in boxing than UFC. Well, because then you're not the baddest dude. Like that stigma of
0: like you see Nagano. Like a lot of people when he was knocking dudes out in UFC, they're like, "Oh man!" Like you know the, the manner in which he was doing it. And so then it's like you not you're not the baddest dude. The baddest dude. We want to see Jones. Like let
1: him fight somebody. It's hard. It's hard to say because like even when you look at look at uh, Conor McGregor. Um. I actually think the loss to, to Nate Diaz <laughs> worse for him than the loss to Floyd Mayweather did. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um,
0: yeah, but yeah, he, wasn't, he
1: wasn't supposed to win in the Floyd fight anyway. Right,
0: but he did an I think what he did was he did enough.
1: And when he
0: lasted as long as he lasted, and he even landed a good little shot. Um that's Floyd. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, you fighting Floyd freaking Mayweather. So, regardless, and he can use that as, you know, that was my first fight that I had at the professional ranks. First or second, I think it was his first. And so he can say that he can grow from that. Now I know what it is I need to do. So let me go ahead and call this dude out. And he's and see, with him, he's always going to have that iris backing. Like, I don't care what he do. He can get smoked. It's just like a UK dude. Like, they love their guys. So they're going to support him. And he's such a charismatic figure that they gonna want to see it anyway. Can he? Even if he's getting dusted off, they gonna want to see it this. He had one last one in him. I got kind. Of, he gonna be able to be drunk. He gonna be cheering them on, singing those songs and whatnot. But they just gonna ride out for their guy. Now with Nagano, I don't know. See, he's not. So he has to choose wisely because you see the pay per view numbers. They were low. Mm-hmm. Those guys from those type of countries don't have that type of backing like they're gonna love them whoever it is that come with them but as far as being able to pay for a pay-per-view that's that high they're not gonna be able to do it they might all come to the village and watch pay-per-view on one little screen or one big screen <laughs> you know what i'm saying like that's how they're gonna do it whereas you got <laughs> the people from the other country got enough money like you know we're gonna make sure we buy two pay-per-views we'll get it twice you know because they want they got to win in <laughs> more, more ways than one you know but we'll see man The you gotta just choose wisely or do what it is that's near and dear to your heart you know that's not what i suggest but uh um, moving on so we don't you know stay on you know, too long you got virgil ortiz he's gonna face frederick lawson i don't know what that guy is you might know him. <laughs> you're, you're you're a true fan of the sport on the zone january 6th um yeah, in Las Vegas, Nevada. You know, it's a Golden Boy production. Uh, what do you think about this fight for Virgil Ortiz? I think it's at 154.
1: Yeah, it's, it's Virgil Ortiz's uh, first fight at 154. The tricky part of this is how much that uh, the health issue that Ortiz was dealing with, how much that's taken, taken uh, away from his physical abilities. And then also, he, he is moving up to 154, so the size is different there than 147. I think. That is the, the to me, that's one of those weird jumps. It's almost like 160, 168 used to be like that. I think it's, it's 140, 140, uh, 147 to 154 was that. I remember when uh, Shane Mosley fought at 147, right? And when he moved up to 154, you had guys like Fernando Vargas and Wiki Wright. And, and there was just so much huge and bigger than he was. So, I think those those seven pounds can be, depending on their natural sizes, they can play a part. But when you look at someone like Frederick Lawson, who no one knows, uh, he's from Ghana. He was stopped by Kevin uh, Bizier. Bizier. I mean, we talk about a guy who all his losses are stoppages, and you put him in there with somebody who is like a stopping machine. Really, the only question is, this is a uh, let's get Virgil Ortiz back healthy fight. That's that's the only thing it's about. Getting Virgil Ortiz back healthy, as, as, like, as, yeah, yeah, and feeling like he should, seeing how how he should compete at 154, seeing how his body looks and and how he feels, uh, and hopefully he can just stay healthy because some of the health issues he was dealing with is, is pretty serious, uh, and some of that probably had to do with him trying to you know drain down and make 147. So, um, hopefully, you know, for someone that that's that young in his career, you know. Um, that he can we can finally see how good Virgil Ortiz is. Hopefully, we'll still get that boots fight (laughs) when boots move up eventually.
0: Mm. Oh, this that tells me a lot. It's like, uh, oh boy, see, he always got to be mindful of oh, he got knocked out by Charles Hadley. Uh, (laughs) See, see, you said he said too. Yeah, we got now nah, That just lets me know this. <laughs> nah, he did well. Bradis Prescott kind of fell off.
1: Yeah, he ain't been the same. That that went over, over a recon. He he wasn't. He ain't been the same since. And he didn't want to make Terrence Crawford to somebody.
0: <laughs> yeah. So that that tells me a lot that this guy right here is not much to worry about. You know, it's just more so getting your training camp in getting through all of the events that surrounds the fight in good health and so they'll know what it is that they're dealing with moving forward because as far as once he gets in the ring and he's good uh, it's that's going to be the easy part right there dealing with him because anytime you got those dudes and, and i i see back in the day used to have dudes like ike corte from Ghana. like now they haven't produced any of those guys since him and maybe one or two other guys that were pretty good, but he's the last one. He's last of the Mohicans. Like, now it just seemed like the dudes from Gunn, they talk a good game. A lot of them don't really have any pop on their punch. Once you go ahead and hit them with one good one on the kisser, then it's like they want to run like a manual to go. I think that was his name that was fighting Ryan Garcia. He talked all that stuff. <laughs> and next thing you know, you got clipped in the first or second round. The next thing you know, he was, like, backpedaling the whole fight. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Ready to go, so I think that that's what's going to take place in this fight. I don't think he's going to move like that. I just think that once he starts getting clipped, then he's going to uh, wave the white flag, you know, mm-hmm. somehow, some way. So that's how this fight is going to play out. Like I said, the biggest thing for Virgil Ortiz is be able to get through a camp without any health issues all the way up until it's time for him to touch gloves. Because once he gets there, then he's going to be good. Because even if he's feeling lightweight shaky, he's going to be able to um replenish his body you know with the pre-fight meals and things like that and they can get him back up to the standard but hopefully that's seven pounds hopefully that's enough you know what i'm saying he might have to move to 160 just to be you know sure that he's not gonna have any issues as he tries to drop down but a lot of times that seven pound weight uh should be enough mm-hmm. i would think normally but it, he has a condition you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. um we talked about shane mosley before Shane was a big one thirty five pounder, but he was coming from one thirty five too, mm-hmm. you know. So that him going to one fifty four might be a little bit different. But you saw it too, like when Floyd used to go up there and fight them dudes. Yeah, like, a lot <laughs> Yeah, I remember when. Uh, speaking of that, that's what I used to always be concerned with when he was talking about going to one fifty four. Is when he was he was talking about fighting Canelo, and I remember Canelo fought Trout either the week before. And Floyd was fighting. I want to say it was um, it was the dude that whooped on Broner. Uh Madonna. Madonna. I think it was. I think that's who he was fighting because I just remember. Yeah, it was Madonna. Yep. I, I just remember because Floyd had fought, and I was showing. I want to say I was showing my brother. I was like, okay, I say, well, you know, Floyd's gonna fight Canelo. And he's like, well, let me see Canelo. So we were watching Madonna and Floyd was doing his thing. And then when he saw him fight Trout, he was saying, oh, yeah, Floyd will get him. But in my mind, I'm like, Canelo is powerful. He's way bigger. Like, I'm just looking like we just saw him. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, this dude way bigger than Floyd. Like, how is he gonna be able to withstand that? But, you know, skills pay the bills. Like, that was one time when I, I noticed it. And There was a few other times uh, when when sweet Pea. but Sweet Pea was a lightweight too, though, because I remember he went up and fought that squares, yeah. 154. <laughs> yeah, that squares was just so much bigger and stronger, but he just could never catch him because sweet P just had those that defense, you know. But that is a jump, you know what I mean? For most now, it can work out in certain guys' favor when you talk about um Koto when like, colo mm. was able not to have to make 147 after a while and like i always say it man like some guys if you let them sit at the table and get a little bit of extra you know beans and burritos and stuff like that and they can just have that you know in their system and and, and being able to um like have that in their body to fuel them throughout a fight and it's making them more powerful like in certain cases it, it, it it's, it's a boost and hopefully that's going to be the case for this kid, you know? Oh, yeah. So I think this is one of the last topics, if not the last topic. You guys should, of course, mm-hmm. say, um, for one, he's saying he's not worried about Dele Santos' power. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Dele Santos, he's from the Dominican Republic. I think it's somebody else that we discussed that's from the Dominican Republic. Like I said, I'm going out there from the 20th to the 24th Thanksgiving week. Mm-hmm. You know to have me a good old time out there, Bill. Um and I'll be rooting for the kid. You understand what I'm saying? You know, I'm I'm, I'm always anywhere I go, like I was rooting for Conservative
1: <laughs> Man with <De> Los Santos.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm rooting because I had I remember I went to Brazil this past okay. summer, so I'm rooting for the guys that you see on the right, I'm rooting for because I just okay. came back from from uh Brazil, you know, a couple months ago, and then now I'm going to Dominican Republic. So, you know, I'm supporting the fellas. But anyway, the point though, as far as what we need to discuss, is the fight date for one they haven't been promoting this fight at all like i haven't heard anything about it the fight is coming up in less than two weeks but it's on thursday competing with thursday night football you got Mm -hmm. i have no clue like this is the first time i'm seeing a fight of this magnitude two like really main event guys Mm -hmm. that you have fighting on a thursday not thanksgiving (laughs) you know what i'm saying it's not on thanksgiving or anything like that not like Anything special? It's just Thursday, November 16th. Do you find that to be odd? One, yeah, I um, and then two, you just what are your overall thoughts?
1: It, it's very odd. It's one of those reasons why you, you man, what, what they be thinking, man. Like, as far as and, and this is one of the reasons that boxing isn't popular because I mean, come on, man, it's like I understand if you want to just have fights on a certain night that people may not be watching television or they watching even they watching the Thursday night football you want them to have a choice but not these type of fighters not like main event guys like I remember uh when ESPN had Tuesday night fights and they would have a lot of up and coming guys you had future stars that were on there like uh Riddick Bo you know Joe Kawasaki was on there at one point um Jeff Lacey was on there you know so um Fights on that on a, on a weekday like that is more so to be used as a platform for up and coming guys just for you know us hardcore fans like oh yeah let's watch a fight man this, we know it comes on at this time whatever but to put you know two main event guys that's together you know what i'm saying that could potentially fight one another man that's a Saturday ESPN fight that's not a you could they could at least do it Friday you know what I'm saying? i mean i went to saturday at 2 p.m I
0: mean, come on this is just you know what i think they don't not... you know what i think they don't i think right. what, what they're doing they're trying to sabotage Shapur from a number standpoint now like you said this would make sense for a younger guy upcoming guy you're trying to put him space him in like a slot that's going to piggyback off something else that's on that night. And then right after you, you it leads you into that fight like they did Errol Spence in the Olympics when the Olympics was on and they had him fight Leonard Bundu, And so he was the next fight. And that did like some really huge numbers, 6 million people watched the fight and it was perfect timing. Makes sense. This one doesn't. So to me, it's, it's it has to be a couple of things that play here. Maybe, um, Las Vegas or the T-Mobile Arenas book, you know, out on Saturdays and Fridays, you know, for quite some time. Um, but then you can also, that's that's Shakur Stevenson. Like, you can have Shakur fight back at home. You can have him fight in New York. You can mm-hmm. fight. It's the other place he can fight. Two, I think what they're trying to do is sabotage numbers for him as his contract is starting to be up. And I thought they were doing that with Bud too, to a certain degree. Um, and then also maybe sabotaging the numbers for a potential Shakur Emmanuel Navarrete fight. Maybe Bob really doesn't want that fight. And so if he has the numbers so low, or he's trying to sabotage it in terms of who's gonna make what, in terms of negotiations, who should be get paid more, who should how close it should be as far as the percentages. Or he just doesn't want them to fight at all. So he's going to say, well, you guys are on the same card, and you see how low the numbers are. you know. So we can't, it won't make sense you know, financially for us to put this fight together. It's, I don't
1: see why you wouldn't want to make that fight. That's the money making fight to me.
0: I can tell you why he wouldn't want to make that fight, because Emmanuel Navarrete, what it would do to him being style-owned by Shakur Stevenson. What am I going to do with Navarrete afterwards? See, he already whooped on uh, Oscar Valdez. Like that Rente makes enough money for them. Where if I go ahead and put him against Shakur, then he's not gonna be looked at the way he's looked at now. After he gets styled, to me that's could you know be the be the case or whatever. What's that play?
1: Yeah, but I, I yeah I I, I can see that. I just think it's for for Bob to do that it's just it's stupid thinking because the the better Shakur looks against that Mario Navarte the more dangerous he looks for the guys you want to put him in there with you know on the other side I don't think so I don't think that really
0: does it it would it might if the numbers did well like like when Floyd fought against um Gotti. I never thought Gotti really had a chance but he did such a wonderful job. He did such a virtuoso, virtuoso performance against Gotti that it propelled him to the next level. I don't think Emmanuel Navarrete is that much of a household name outside like the Mexican community or his, his base that he has. You know what I mean? Where it will really and he's smaller. It's not like he's fighting somebody that the 135 power guys are going to be like oh man you beat one of us you know what i'm saying like you just beating on a little small little dude and it's not like he's um santa cruz like santa cruz had more of a buzz like more of a following he doesn't have that and so it's just like it all it's gonna do is wreck top rank in terms of having another guy that they can put on and do numbers in Arizona, do numbers in New Mexico, wherever it is they'd be having a fight because they'd be fighting over on the West Coast and he got he would sell it out a little bit in the stadiums and stuff like that. So they can still do that. I don't know how much of that would be there for him if they put those two together. Like I said, I don't just don't think it's doing as much for Shakur outside of having an in house fight where Bob doesn't have to spend money. I, I think it would doom Navarrete because then where are we? Because he's in a less than he's the, his weight class it doesn't have guys in there for him to really you know do numbers with either so he has to choose wisely in terms of bob being able to make some good money off of him but i think he can continue to do what it is that he's been doing and they're they're not going to be in a red you know but i don't know It's, it's i just somehow some it looks like the sabotage is there you got anything else you want to say
1: no <laughs> All right, well, let me ask you this question real quick. Who do you like in those fights, man? And and um, man, Navar- Emmanuel Navarrete and Shakur Stevenson. I'm going oh. with I'm going with the Brazilian and, 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 <laughs> and I'm kind of, going with him.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think Navarrete might have a little bit more of a problem. Then it's going to be close. It's going to be a good fight because what's coming is you talking about that Olympic pedigree? You know, I just think that for him. He kind of he is like Olympic type fighters or amateur type He's If you have to fight him for three rounds or four rounds, tough. But then he starts to taper off a little bit after the fifth, sixth round. And then once he develops that that lead that he has against some guys, you can make the case, especially if he's fighting somebody who's the A side, where it's going to be close enough where it's like, do I really want to give this guy who doesn't have like that big of a fan base to win over my guy who's the A-side who I can make more money off of. He's always going to be in that situation um a lot of times. Also, you got oh man, the disgrace, man. Disgrace. Uh, he, yeah, for Ho, he sentenced to life in prison in connection to the murder of Keisha Marlon Rodriguez. It's a lady that um it's not even alleged like he he had an affair with her and um she was pregnant uh, with his kid and so Verdejo decided to kidnap her and kill her and so he was convicted of that and sentenced to two life uh, sentences in prison do um, you have any thoughts on that? That's
1: yeah, it's, it's very sad I think the only positive part of this is, is that only boxing fans know of Felix Verdejo he isn't popular enough to be uh to really even though he embarrassed the sport, or he did embarrass the sport, but he's not popular enough for people outside to really be, you know, picking apart boxers. But I, mean, I for his situation, I, I, I don't get it. Like, okay, so you had an affair. She ends up pregnant. But you're going to kill her and your child? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, maybe just me. I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it. Like, if you make your bed, just sleep in it. I mean, what's the, okay, so... You end up with another kid, which is a blessing, you know. You end up with a kid. You might pay some money in child support, you know. Okay, may mess up your your marriage or whatever. But none of that. Look, I'll take all that over spending the rest of my life in prison, knowing that I killed my child and killed another human being, and then, and then career. All that is down the drain. You know what I'm saying? I would take all that. I'll take. I would take all the the the. Child support, alimony—I take all that before I give away my freedom and have all the, all that those horrible things that he did. Have that on my conscience, so it's terrible. Uh, he, he's doing life. of course. You can you can't bring back the the young lady and 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 his child, and so this is a sad situation. It's like, man, how do you even get here? You can't even blame this one on like you know cheesy CTE or anything because he, he was a young guy. Uh, had his whole career ahead of him. I think he did have a a, a tough loss. Uh, I can't remember who it was against. Now I remember him, you know, being stopped. Um, but still, just terrible. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what his um,
0: physical makeup is. I don't know if he's a trouble guy even before he began to box. I don't know if some of the mental issues that he obviously has if it is due to boxing so i remember like this surprised me when the story came out Is because it was not too long after the nakatani fight like he had and so you know speaking of those guys who are i was just talking about out, and how he's a good four round five round fighter this dude right here him and um it's another josh out there in the uk that fights at 147. it was it's those three guys who I thought are top pound for pound talents. First five rounds, he's one of those guys, but he he looked like Miguel Cotto first five rounds, like he's a bad mm-hmm. dude. Just sometimes he can't get the guy out of there, and then his win just 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 leaves. It's, I'm talking about just as far as boxing is concerned. So Nakatani beat beat the brakes off of him, and. He ended up getting the out i want to say it was like the ninth round or something like that because he just he couldn't make his defense but it was brutal and he had that same issue when he fought Lozado. so he had won like five fights in a row and so it seemed like he was getting himself back together then the same thing that happened in the lazato fight happened in the nakatani fight like those dudes mm-hmm. were just able to withstand the punishment the brutal punishment that he was putting them through and was able to like reverse and then put him in some serious trouble so again i don't know if mental health or anything like that cte whatever you want to call it had anything to do in that case or is if he's just a um, narcissist and sometimes some people don't look at all of that stuff in terms of um how it's impacting others it's just so selfish and you you think it's like what you said like I saw the story this past week, or I saw the video. So this guy, right? He I don't know if you saw this in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. a rough area. He was he went to his neighbor's door to talk to him about his music being played too loud. This is last Sunday. So when he went to go talk to his neighbor, neighbor came out eventually, put a knife to him. Now, dude was just talking to him real cool. He wasn't tripping on the little dude. Neighbor, big as I don't know what. Um, eventually, what ended up happening is his um when he didn't get scared, the dude went back to tell his wife something. Oh, uh, he because you couldn't hear the video.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe it was telling to go get his stuff. Whatever, whatever he told his wife, dude shot him, killed him. I mean, he went over there when he fell he went and made sure he was dead killed his son because his son stumbled over there I'm saying that to say you approach the man because you don't like loud music you know how loud it's going to be in that prison that you're going to be in for the rest of your life mm-hmm. so the same thing you go over there to, to stop you're going to be experiencing that you know and so you're not able to see you know um what it is that you're doing in that moment you, you could have easily just left and, and contacted somebody else to try to resolve the situation definitely don't put yourself in a worser situation and so i just think that's what verdale did he made bad choice you know and hopefully he suffers the consequences and it looks like he is with the two life sentences anything else you got as far as that's concerned <laughs> no nah. all right i think that's it vale you know we did a good job today man mm-hmm. i'm gonna go ahead and uh you know hopefully you hit the like and subscribe button um, anything you got on the way out? No, sir. It's good chopping it up with your good guy. You understand? Yes, him, so? sir. Yes, yes. We'll see what we're going to do moving forward because boxing's getting kind of light until until the 16th when you got uh, your boy fighting on Thursday, you know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's some light parts. Then it start heating up with uh, uh, Andrade, uh, Benavidez, and then Haney and Progray. But then again is you know it was it was a few fights that we thought we would get that we didn't get uh you know, of course uh, we discussed the bitter beef and brawl uh and then sick and, and fury those could have topped the year off this would have been one of the the, the best years in boxing cuz all the fights we wanted to see would have we would have sought. and the sad part is uh of course, Fury and, 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 and Usyk, that was a fight that was discussed. So and these fights are makeable fights. So it's not like they 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 won't happen or they can't happen. So hopefully uh 2024 brings us uh you know a year up the par where we see those fights that we want to see.
0: Last question on the way out, good bro, is um what do you think which fight are you looking forward to most um to cap the year off that's that's coming up.
1: Uh, I would say uh, Benavidez and Dratti. It's close because I, I do like Pro Gray and uh, Haney. Um, I think both of those fights, I think both those fights are, are very close in 50 50 fights. I think I, I have more of an idea. On, on what would happen in the Haney pro grade fight. Like I, I think I can see, I can more so see Haney pulling that fight out through his, his boxing ability, but it's, it's definitely is interesting with Benavidez Haney. I mean, I've been <laughs> Benavidez Andrade. It's harder to really lay down what you're going to see in that fight. And cause you're, you're, you're like, how is Benavidez going to deal with Andrade's boxing ability and Andrade can, can, you know, sting some of his punches. Uh, and on the flip side, how will Andrade deal with uh um uh, activity and power and size? You know, those are questions where it's like, you know, we really don't know what we're gonna see. Yet when you look at Devin Haney and Progre, which is to me, is it could well, could play out to be a better fight. I have more of an idea of what I'm gonna see from both.
0: Mm yeah i mean i think that that's you said it all right there I man that's the perfect way to end the show um hopefully you you all enjoyed it as much as we enjoy having a discussion mm-hmm. and then also you know like i say if you can do us that solid hit that like and subscribe button um share the information you know and we're going to be on to the next man all right peace peace <laughs>